0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Inside story on BFM
2: 89.9. Good evening. You're with Lee Chui and Shamila Ganesan. Tonight, are state elections going to come down to identity politics?
3: So we're talking about this as race and religion really continue to dominate the conversation around who to vote for. And yet some people say they don't think about it. So we want to
2: know, do you vote on the basis of race and religion? Is it important to you when you head to the polls? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U Mobile number, 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. Is 6.09. And uh, today's story is really just based on the ongoing onslaught of headlines around race and religion, because frankly, the rhetoric is just dialing up in a big, big way. Uh, in case you need a reminder, we are five days away from actually heading to the polls, four and a half, really, <laughs> um, considering we're already in the evening of the 7th. So August 12th is when people are going to be heading out to make their vote. And i um, Depending on where you are in the country, I think that some of these issues are resonating in a louder way, but it's undoubted that there are certain parties, certain large, increasingly important parties, um, who are making, in many ways, race and religion a sort of fundamental
3: base from which they operate. It's actually a complicated thing because when an opposition force that is actually as, as um, large as we are talking about now brings this into the conversation, then there is almost no uh, no other choice except for the government or those contending against them to address it or to sort of push back against it, right? So even if their opponents don't necessarily want to run on the platform of identity or race or religion, it's almost like they're stuck discussing it they're stuck circling those points because now they have to refute or rebut and it does end up becoming a almost a nobody can win in this in this sort of discussion because if you are already someone who is convinced by voting for somebody whose identity matches yours or aligns with yours the most closely is there really an argument that's going to counter that effectively um, and this is something I'm hugely interested in because personally for me I tend to Vote based on policies, I tend to vote based on uh, a notion of a greater good or what the direction the country should be moving in. So I find it interesting to hear from people for whom that might not be the main driver. So in the in the time that I've spent doing this
2: show, I've come to realise, um, wow, you know, Captain Obvious, people are different. People are different than me. Um, but no, I mean, I've come to realise that for many Malaysians and for reasons that may feel legitimate because, you know what, it's stuff that you were raised with, it's stuff that you've been told your whole life, it's stuff that forms the very basis in some ways of your identity or your political identity, many Malaysians still choose to vote on the basis of who who will protect me for who I was born as? In other words, um, who is going to stand up for the rights of the insert race here? Um, And whatever those rights are perceived to be, right? Whether it is is religious freedoms or whether it's adherence um, to religious principles, there there are all sorts of things packed in there. But I've come to realise that for many people, for many Malaysians... um, We may speak about it less openly, perhaps, but there is certainly still an undertone of I vote for the people who will protect me. And the me in that situation is not me as a Malaysian or me as a citizen who lives in this dun, but it's me as a a Malaysian Indian or it's me as a Malaysian Chinese or Malaysian
3: Malay person. You know, like there are all these things that factor in. No, that's absolutely it, right? It is the assumption that only a person from my own uh, community will look out for my interests. And 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 by counterpoint, somebody not from here will have their own interests and their own community's interests prioritised above mine. And I think that's um, a rhetoric that has become so entrenched in our political conversations. It's been uh, fear-mongered uh, to particular communities to the point where I'm I don't know. I get quite I I get quite sort of um low when I think about how difficult it can be and perhaps it's a little bit different when um if you are a minority, perhaps it's a little bit different if you've never felt like you had the kind of political representation that represented you to begin with. But I do think that um, even the the big story over the weekend, right, which uh, with the PM um, sort of speaking to this young Indian girl at an event about the quota system in higher education, um, whichever side of it you've you've fallen on. Some people are saying he was, his answer was acceptable. Other people are calling out his tone. Other people are saying his answer itself sort of lays bare issues with these sorts of systems. But we cannot talk about something like this without once again drawing on, well, yes, but I'm talking about my community and you need to understand what's important to us, right? And if we can never meet somewhere in the middle, then what does that mean?
2: Um so we're asking you do you vote on the basis of race and religion Um, fundamentally is it something that is important to you when you think about which politicians you actually want to vote into power that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred you can send a voice note to zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine you can drop us a whatsapp there as well and tweet us at bfm radio we'll be right back the messages are already pouring in so keep it here on inside story bfm 89.9
0: brand friendly Marketeers. BFM 89.9.
2: It is 6.16 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. And we're asking a bit of a a hot button question tonight, but that is because it has been a hot topic, frankly, in the lead up to the state election. And that is identity politics and how much uh, sway it continues to hold. So we're asking you, do you vote on the basis of race and religion? Is it important to you? That number to call, 7733 2900. Send us a voice note at 018 Nine double eight double nine. You can drop us a WhatsApp also and tweet us at BFM Radio.
3: So we have a number of thoughts coming in on this. Uh, Let's start with this from TIDJ who says, I don't vote on the basis of race or religion. Actually, perhaps I do, but in a negative correlation. I hold people of the same religion or Islam as I am to higher standards. uh, So I often would vote against people from my religion because I see most of them as being race first and not religion, very much against the teachings of my faith. That's interesting.
2: Um, and
3: that's interesting
2: partly because I think that is the opposite reaction of what those parties tend to hope for.
3: No, that's the thing. Um, and, and I think that this clubbing together of race and religion also, because in Malaysia it gets done so so often, we forget that that can actually be at odds with each other. So uh, I actually... DJ, I'm glad that you
2: shared, uh, partly because I think that it uh, showcases perhaps the the lesser known risks of running so strongly on the basis of race and religion. I will say um, that actually, for me personally, it's something that I think about a lot um, and that perhaps I have the privilege of doing. I have the privilege of not thinking about it so much in those terms and I actually tend to get very turned off um, by people who run on that platform or people who center that as part of their platform um I actually think that some of it might also be generational, because I know that for people who are a, a generation before me, or maybe two generations before me, it was everything, and not necessarily because of, um, not necessarily because of racism or even bias, uh, but because if you vote early enough, you were actually there at the foundation of the country and the formation of the major parties.
3: So I was going to say, actually, um, while, for instance, if we take something like MIC uh, today may not hold the kind of clout that they used to. If you were a generation after Setun Samandan, right, and you had that kind of connection and that kind of history, um, and also, frankly, that kind of um, comfort and, and identification with someone, I can totally see why you might be drawn to voting for them. That's what I mean. So Mm. I think that there is
2: absolutely a generational element to this as well. Um, We also have, uh, oh, interestingly, LSH who says, I think you guys are asking the right question on the wrong platform. Those based on race and religion in terms of voting will not be listening to this radio channel, BFM. Uh, LSH, I understand why you think that, because the, the conversations do, I admit, on the station tend to skew a certain way. But um, I think the reason why I felt like we could ask it is because when we didn't ask in the past,
3: people have volunteered it. No, this is true. And I also think that um, if we have listeners who are listening, who might actually think it is important for them to vote based on race or religion, I would love to hear from you. Because as I said, because that's not what I do, I'm very curious to know why that's a driver.
2: Uh, we have a caller on the line with us. We've got Rini. Rini, good evening. What are your thoughts?
0: Hi, good evening. Um, I have one acronym to choose my leader. Uh The first one is S 7 the one meaning that they are willing to serve us, the taxi or the water. The number two S is to be sincere. Because uh, this job is not, you know, for if someone goes for money, sincerity is gone. And if you do things for the name or the sake of not uh, to be, you know, just seen to be there, uh, I don't think it's here. And number three, add a smile. So whenever you meet... Uh, these three criteria, I think it's okay to go. I don't want to really think deep about how or the manifesto, but to me, for is the most important is that thing, last, to be servant-centric, to have in their hearts. Uh, And the last one is to smile, because if you don't smile, we know you are... I mean, you, you, even if you cannot smile, then <laughs> it's very hard for some people already.
2: Rini, thank you so much for calling. So, um, a focus there on people, pe- people centric, a people centric approach, sincerity, smiles, a good heart, um, and I think that actually at the Adun level, this is something that we maybe underrate, and is a distinction to be made uh, between running as an MP um,
3: and running as an Adun. I think so. Um, I think also um, it goes back to I. See, when you run for an Adon, when you're running on a state level, there is some amount of uh, community value. There's some amount of, uh, again, you may know the people better, you can relate to them better. So I think there are many reasons why that situation can be quite different from running at a federal level.
2: So uh, we have other messages. Again, today we are talking um, essentially, about whether you vote on the basis of race and religion. Uh, is it something that actually is a priority for you, that is important, and why? Uh, that number to call is 7733 2900. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we have actually, okay, so I, I think this one from KW is interesting. KW always, actually, um, through the through the months has brought this up quite a lot saying i vote for whichever party can reinstate oktoberfest in wanutama's parking lot and i think um, oktoberfest or other similar issues have become touchstones in a sort of culture war Um, it's Mm. sort of a a shorthand for all sorts of things it's not the only thing there are lots of other events or moments that are stand-ins for it but kw you know what i find interesting I don't know who that party is. I think that right now, because identity politics is such a major part and there are so many easy ways to to get burned on the subject, I actually don't know if anybody is necessarily
3: going to champion this. No, um, and I also think that this is actually a case of sometimes... sometimes It isn't easy to talk about these things either, right? Even for politicians or parties, uh, there is such a thing as I need to appeal to some sort of a middle ground. And perhaps this is not the hill that they might want to die on.
2: Um, In the meantime, we also have, uh, let's see... Carl and Lee Jun, uh, both of whom are saying that it's not that. Uh, for me, as long as the candidate is clean, race or religion doesn't matter, I vote for the party. Uh, that's Carl. Lee Jun says, I vote for whoever can keep the ruling party in check.
3: Oh, interesting. So I'm um, almost as a moderating force, um, which to be fair, many parties are styling themselves as doing. Uh, We've also got other
2: messages, um, including this one from. uh, Actually, I think this one from Sunny is really interesting, saying, Vote based on race and religion. I'm a Punjabi Sikh. I don't have anyone who represents my race and religion for me to vote for. So we've always voted for someone who is inclusive, who practices diversity, who's brave, hardworking, smart, tactful, sincere, who wants to make a change, is open minded, willing to listen to name a few. They should be MPs or Aduns for all
3: Malaysians. See Sunny, I this is what I meant by um, I think um, this isn't a this isn't something that more, every community or every person will identify with. There are many communities in Malaysia for whom they don't necessarily have that kind of representation. Um, and so are almost forced to pick what who represents the values that they hold important. That's it though. I found this from Jackie quite interesting. Jackie says, yes, I will vote for those who will protect me based on religion and race. Uh, These issues in Malaysia are... I will, I will vote for those who will protect me based on religion and race issues. Malaysia is, after all, a multiracial country and policy should be fair to every citizen. Jackie, I find this interesting
2: because I guess the question or rather the position here is that I need people who will stand up for me. I'm not necessarily asking for them to stand up for me um, in lieu of other people's rights but I need to know that they'll be there and I think that the the truth of it is that I don't know if it's tribalism I don't know if it's just how we are trained not trained but how we've been indoctrinated into thinking Uh, but I think the belief is always that the only people who can stand up for you are the people who are from your own race.
3: Yeah so surely we can champion the need for diverse representation, meaning uh, we should have people in government that adequately represent the different communities in Malaysia um, without needing to necessarily only vote for people who are the same race and religion as you, right? Um, because the values and the and the platform should also be important. Um,
2: let's see. Oh, FN says... One candidate from my constituency was outed as racist recently. Another candidate is from an openly racist party. Um, the other candidate is Muda. So I guess my vote will have to go to the first candidate. Uh, racist individual
3: over racist organization. Muda is just Muda. I guess sometimes the choices are just tough and you need to pick the one that um, you think suits you the best. Um We have, let's see, Tommy saying, I vote based on work and potential work that the party as a whole um, is able to lead for a better nation. It's sad to see that parties that only promote themselves as religious activism, we need a leader that will lead for better economy.
2: Yes, um, and I think this is the the thing that you've been talking about, right? This idea Mm -hmm. of voting on the basis of policy rather than just issues of race and religion. Uh, We've also got a caller with us. We've got Gabriel. Gabriel, good evening. What are your thoughts?
4: Hi, good evening. Okay, my thought is basically when people choose someone to vote, they would go by religion or race or by standing. If they know the person personally, they will go by class. Example, if the person has a title, like doctor, engineer, or someone who has a degree or diploma, PhD, master's, etc., they will tend to believe that this person can lead, this person can bring the community to a different standard. And then you go by the person who chooses by religion, they are choose by religion because they believe that, you know, whatever immense or loss which is going to come to favor to the religion, this person will automatically approach to me. Because he's in the same religion with me. He's in the same mindset with me. He's in the same thinking as me. You know, so they, think they will choose by the religion. By race, people tend to do is the one who actually have gone through things, but they feel that they were not treated fairly. They were not treated properly. You know, they feel like, okay, this, uh, someone has got this, but I didn't get this. Is it because I'm a different race? Or is it because I'm from a different culture? Oh, that's the reason I didn't get this. Or oh, am I not a proper citizen of this country? So they tend to believe in this. So whenever someone uses the racial cut or something like that, it tends to work. So the main reason people have voting based on religion and race and standards is because of, that is the first approach they get on the look. Like, you know, when you see someone, you would not know who is the person, what the person does, or is this person trustable to lead. Because if someone is going to lead, you would never know is this person a good lead until the person leads you, until the person turns to be a good leader. You know, if someone doesn't lead you, you will never know how he's going to lead, how he's going to do something. That is the point of me, I believe. Because until someone does the leading, we will never be able to know who's a good leader in it.
2: Gabrielle, thank thank you so much for calling and for sharing. I think that that's actually a really good point and a good rundown of how it is people might be making these considerations. Keep those thoughts coming um, in the lead up. It's a very state election heavy week. I'm just going to warn you uh, ahead of time. But today we are asking you, do you vote on the basis of race and religion? Is that what forms um, an important component of why you choose who you choose. That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM radio.
0: Boyish forty something millionaires. BFM.
2: It's 6.38 and this is Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila asking an unpopular question that nevertheless is getting a lot of answers. (laughs) Um, So we are asking you, do you vote on the basis of race and religion? And we're talking about this because, of course, state elections right around the corner. And there are some parties that are platforming it in a huge way, in such a large way that even other party members um, or members of other parties find themselves locked into a position of constantly having to talk about it. So let us know. Do you vote on the basis of race and religion? That number to call is 7773-2900. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, we are heading back to the messages. Uh, We have this from Fazli who says, Religion is important to me when voting, which makes it difficult because I feel no party truly embodies the values of Islam, not even pass for all their chest banging. Race used to be important to me. But as I grew older and closer to my faith, I've come to understand that nationalism is antithetical to Islam. So now I look at the
3: party and try to see the candidate's track record. That's so interesting, Fazli, because I think it would be very easy for somebody who uh, is coming at it from the opposite viewpoint to think that someone like yourself would never vote for somebody that isn't the same religion or race, right? And yet, um, I think it's really... It's, it's really interesting to hear from you and how, in fact, you've now um, come to look at someone's track record and what they are actually able to achieve. Um, it gives me hope, honestly, to hear that uh, you and I are actually on the same side when it comes to what matters when you vote. Well, actually, what
2: I find really interesting, Fazli, about your point is how it's moved along. Um, Yes. And actually, we started off our show with a message from TIDJ, who said very similar things, that that he does not necessarily feel that there is a party or a politician who embodies um, or who is close to the tenets of the faith, right, in the way that, that he understands them. And So to hear how that has informed the way you think even about racial voting is is so interesting. And I think proof that really life is long. (laughs) Life is long, the road is long and, and the
3: ways people vote shift a lot. And I don't know, I think what's also becoming increasingly clear is that just because parties profess to follow uh, the tenets of religion, often it becomes a tool as well in that political campaign. We have an anonymous listener who is saying, I'm a Chinese Muslim convert, but funnily, I share Sunny's predicament because in my opinion, there is no politician out there who shares my exact aspirations. I also don't believe that friends and families will always share the same viewpoint that I hold. So it looks like I would have to settle for the second choice of who comes closest to my principles. Adon, I find that point about I don't believe friends and families would always share the same point of view so interesting because um, I think it gets quite complicated uh, if you disagree or don't always align with the people around you. This is also uh,
2: the problem with identity politics. Mm -hmm, Exactly. That that after a while, there's just no one who matches your identity and then what? What are you going to do? We've also got a, a voice note that has just come in. This is from Aaron.
5: Hi, good evening. <clears throat> For me, I look at it if I wanted to choose a leader, I would ne- I never choose a leader who plays uh, racial and religion card. So the people who use this as an to win mileage are those people who do not have creativity they do not have ability to look into the local communities' issues or people's issues to bring forth and bring uh, things put it in the right perspective because for them they just want to be there for power or for some specific purpose so they use <clears throat> very simple and easily winning cut, that is race and religion so for me no vote for such people. Not only that, uh, even my group of friends and who are we are very close, none of us will ever vote for such, pe- such person. Uh. Uh, we are very clear on this. Uh. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Aaron. Um, I thank you for the message, firstly, and I don't want to deviate from the point of what you're saying, but I'm really interested in my group of friends are very close. None of us will ever vote for people like this because. Um, Sharmila, do you talk about well, specifically who you want to
3: vote for and why with friends? I do, actually Mm -hmm. Um, I do, um I don't know whether we've ever come to. Uh, I don't know that I've actually got close friends at least who are at odds, um, which which in itself sometimes is an issue. Uh, but I do I do realize actually more and more now the uh, there is no perfect candidate, and therefore we just have to make do with what, we're, what we what most closely aligns. That's where disagreements can happen because sometimes there will be people who say, yeah, well maybe I'd rather vote for them even though traditionally we wouldn't have. Um, so yeah, I, I we too. But um, it's interesting that I think that might be taboo in a lot of friend circles.
2: I, I don't think, uh, well, I do, I think, come to think of it, we have had pretty open conversations. But I admit um, that for all Am I a hypocrite? Um, For all that I have these conversations on air, I don't know that I actually push my friends um, on on the whys and the why nots about how they feel about their politics. And and I think that a part of that might be uh, well, I I do enough of that on the job, and I don't I don't necessarily feel like you know grilling people. But I I realize now that I haven't had the kinds of conversations that uh, it sounds like Aaron has had, and it sounds like you have had actually with friends.
3: Can I just say, I I appreciated Aaron's point about have more creativity. Um, I found it interesting that he used that word because, yes, surely there are better ways to appeal to people than to just keep banging on about race and
2: religion. Okay, couple of people who are talking about no choice to a degree, um, that it feels like there's no choice. Chris says, I might be voting on the lines of race, but what to do? One group is race and religion based, another one isn't. So somehow we're going to also
3: yeah and i think that this is um actually that's what i i think that's what i was trying to allude to earlier when i said it often feels like both sides are actually talking about the same thing and are almost forced to like people keep lowering the bar right and then at the end you find that the voter is stuck with I don't, I don't think i agree with either side and kelvin actually is um chiming in or,
2: or echoing that in some ways, if the policies on the table are racial and religion-based, education, housing, freedom of worship, and so on, you have no choice but to vote a rep who is closer to your kind. Until those policies are reformed and be and are fair, that is the reality in Malaysia.
3: That actually comes quite to the heart of it, doesn't it? That if our policies and so many of our um, systems are structured around race and religion, then it's only natural that most people align themselves that way to vote.
2: So um, what strikes me here is that the race and religion thing seems to cut in all sorts of directions, right? We're hearing people say, yes, I do vote on the basis of race and religion, but in a sense, I vote against it. That I'm I'm more, uh, you know, it's more a defensive move in some ways that, well, you don't aligned to me and therefore I have no choice but to vote the other person so that's one way in which it's panning out the other way is what Kelvin is saying which is there is no choice the system is rigged ergo I have to vote for somebody um, who is closer I am curious to know whether closer has to mean same or similar or whether you would trust if you're a minority whether you would trust somebody in the majority position to take care of you and vice versa
3: Well, speaking of being a minority, we have Ro saying, being an ethnic and religious minority, I don't have the luxury of voting for, quote-unquote, my kind. Fortunately, I simply vote for the best candidate for the job based on track record and the quay they serve at their charama. (laughs) So, um, sure, Ro. (laughs) That's
2: one way of doing it. I guess that is um, an approach that ethnic and religious minorities, you should teach a class. (laughs)
3: uh, You know, I I know you're being funny. I giggled. But I don't know whether part of that is just sad. We get so little that we just settle for queer.
2: Hopefully not. Uh, Keep those thoughts coming. We are asking you, do you vote on the basis of race and religion? Um, Because... Because some parties in the state election are certainly hoping you will do exactly that. And we are taking a bit of a straw poll. How important is it to you? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 789 889 889 and tweet us at
0: BFM Radio. Boring. Fake. Macho. BFM 89.9. The Business Station.
2: It's 648 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We are... Talking today, or rather, doing a talk back, really, about race and religion. Not our favorite topics, but it certainly is for some political parties. And that is why, ahead of the state elections, we want to know whether you vote on the basis of race and religion. That number to call, double seven, Send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, um, we had a message from a listener much earlier who said, I think this is the wrong crowd. I don't think that you're going to get, um, mm-hmm. you know, an even spread of responses. And so far, I will say that I think I think, um, you know, unscientifically, about seventy-five percent of the people who've called, messaged, voice note are are not interested in voting on the basis of race and religion, but there are people who are saying that they do, in fact,
3: and also explaining why. Hmm, whether it's because it's practical or whether it's because uh, they, in fact, think it is an important way to vote. So um, we have for we have Tommy. Saying, I vote based on work and potential work that the party as a whole um, has done or is able to lead for a better nation. It's sad to see that parties only that. It's sad to see that there are still parties that only promote themselves as religious activists. We need a country leader who will lead for a better economy. I really wish for. Politicians to put up their resumes prior to election, so that voters can consider who the right candidates of choice are. Um, I am, uh, and then they they go on to talk about Hannah Yo in uh, one of her videos, talking about you know, following your uh, potential rep, seeing what they're talking about and what they prioritise. And then Tommy goes on to say, I also hope to see younger politicians being given a chance in the election. Tommy, I hear you. I think a lot of people are looking for that uh, resume, <laughs>
2: resume or that report card. Um, that's another phrase that's been used mm. a lot. And I think that um, it's very understandable that voters, busy people, want some work to have been done um, to kind of help them understand their candidate. I will say that I think it's also on us if we have, not if we have the time, but it's also on us in many ways to try and look that up. Um, I, I'm not dismissing the fact that for many of us, it's it's difficult. Research isn't always very forthcoming, uh, but that perhaps in this push towards voting on the basis of policy, that's something that we're all just going to have to do.
3: So we have a couple of people um, bringing up sort of entrenched qualities, right? Or entrenched ideas in the system. Danny is saying, well, we have the likes of MIC, MCA Pass. Meanwhile, Young says, we've been coached to vote according to the 3R by the politicians.
2: Yeah, um, that's something that we alluded to much earlier on, that this is a heritage problem in many ways. Mm. And it's something that's hard to move away from because even in forming coalitions, that's something that people look for and yes. ask. Um, we have voice notes as well, including this one from Sriran.
6: Uh, personally a candidate's race or religion has absolutely no bearing on my decision to vote for or not vote for them Uh, you know I think what I I care about more is you know what have they actually said what sort of statements have they made on the matter you know uh, and you know what sort of uh, values do they espouse what sort of policies might they advocate for or against you know and how would them being in being an adun or an mp then Im- impact me or you know the things i care about my aspirations for this country that sort of thing and More than that, the party that they're with, right? Because you can have good people that you support in bad parties who promote policies that you're against or a vision for a country that you don't want. And ultimately, that's what matters. So that's what I care about more than anything else, not their race, not their religion. It's never had any uh, impact on my decision to vote for them.
2: Sriram, thank you for that. Uh, I I think that that echoes what a lot of others have said. I'm curious to
3: know um, how it works
2: for you when it's a new candidate.
3: Mm. I was actually thinking about both that, um, when it's a candidate without a track record, but also perhaps more significantly, harking back to the point we were talking about earlier, what if your only options were to vote according to race lines because candidates have been fielded to match what they think would appeal to a particular area community, right? Um, How do you make those decisions? And and I'm not saying I have easy answers, uh, but if it's a new candidate and the only reason that they're there, you don't know enough about them, but it's because they're um, they're the right colour, they're the right religion. How do you vote?
2: We've also got other voice notes. Uh, Let's start off with this one from Aaron.
1: Good evening, BFM. So, personally, I will never vote for a candidate that is based on a race or religion. I mean, what is the point of voting someone with the same race or same religion as me if that person can't even do their proper job to serve the people or come up with a policy to make my area or my country a better one? You know, after all, we Malaysians have to progress further. Of course, we all know Malaysia is a country where majority of the population treat religion very seriously so after all I would say I will work for someone that has a proper planning and I mean a proper execution how to make my country a better one and of course not so religious would be perfect after all I'm a secularist I, I will separate religion and policy and never mix it together with one
2: Thanks, Aaron. Um, So I I think you yourself are pointing out that in many ways, you are a little bit of a minority in this area. I mean, I agree with you, but I think that um, we have to acknowledge that for a lot of people, and it's why that question of official religion versus Islamic country, um, that distinction comes up so often.
3: Yes. Um, and I agree with you, Aaron, that um, we cannot ignore that this is actually important for a significant part of the country because uh, we can go on and on about um, we shouldn't talk about race and we shouldn't make religion an issue. But if it in fact is, then it is something we need to think about.
2: Aduna is responding to um, the conversation but also something else that came up saying I've never voted based on race or religion that being said the GE14 candidate that I voted for ended up being on the committee that approved the KLNFR project so how la candidates especially new ones should give their answers to core questions including on environment and climate change so we can decide the campaign period is too short to do independent research
3: So, I mean, it actually comes back to we need to be moving towards voting based on policy, voting based on what a person stands for. Um, But the push and pull of it is that we are not going to get there if the priority is still race and religion. And, And it is sort of a, what's the word for it? You're caught between a rock and a hard place, really.
2: OSK says, I used to think purely on merit, but after experiencing the explicit institutionalized discrimination that I didn't understand when I was younger, I now prioritize affirmative action and recognize subconscious biases and unfair opportunities, which influences my vote. I also do not support candidates who stand in comfortable seats instead of challenging in undeveloped areas.
3: That's a really interesting one, um, because I think the the points of making OSK are a lot more difficult to examine how do you look at a candidate and think about unconscious subconscious biases, for instance. Um, this one I thought was actually interesting. So L says, religion is a significant issue when it comes to political parties. I will vote against it because I believe in complete separation of church and state.
2: Fair enough. And I think that that echoes uh, what we heard earlier from Aaron up to a point. Um, we've got another voice note actually from Navin.
6: Hi, BFM. On the issue of like, do I vote based on race or religion? I think I'd just like to point out that like, you know, as a Malaysian of non-Muslim descent, it's saddening that, well, for myself and, you know, in the future for my children, that they can never dream to be a prime minister or a leader of of the nation. And I think like, That in itself is a fundamental issue, um, which we all know the layers to that. Um, Yeah, I just hope that, you know, maybe one day this might change. Not for me, but for my kids.
2: Navin, thank you so much. I wanted to play your voice note because it's not really about today's show, right? In some ways, it's not about how you vote, but it, um, I think, addresses in some ways the underpinnings of what we're talking about because we, we have to acknowledge that this is a system that we've inherited. It's a system that uh, we've been working with and under for a very long time. And it's one that comes in with baked in assumptions like what you're talking about. And I actually cannot even begin to imagine the
3: pathway towards voting to change that, despite wanting to. I don't think it's a coincidence that the people who are most vocal about dismantling the system are also the ones that feel they've been excluded by it. Right. Um, and it is a lot more difficult to get people who benefit from that system to actually do anything to change it. I think it takes a lot. And, and that's really where we are at right now.
2: Thank you, everybody, for getting in touch and for uh, sharing your thoughts. We've been talking today about identity politics and how much it influences the ways in which people vote. Keep it here, BFM
0: 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.